Morning to each of you. Thank you again for having me and, and my family this time. Um, thank the Lord that they're, that they're all feeling better and uh, it appears that uh, none of, uh, nobody that they, that they uh, exposed, nobody that they exposed to that sickness, it has passed to them. So we're grateful. We're grateful for that. Uh, and uh, uh, I thank you again for having, having me and my family here. It is our pleasure uh, to be here this Lord's Day. Will you open the Word of God this morning to Psalm 127? Psalm 127, where we'll find our text this morning in verses 3 through 5. The title of this message is, Our Children Are Not Our Own. And they are not, as we'll find out in, in, in this text. Read with me, if you will, Psalm 127, beginning at verse 3. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. All as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. We're told in our day that our children belong to the state. I don't know if you've heard that, but that is what many in our government believe today. But the word of God states differently. They, they do not only not belong to the state, they are not even ours to do with as we please. They are the Lord's. They are the Lord's and they are a gift from him. God does not give anything that he will not provide for and he does not give anything that he has not a prescription, a prescriptive will for. He has revealed all of these things through his word even to the point of how we are to serve him in raising our children. Let's, let's examine that today. Beginning with the word heritage. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord. This word, most often translated inheritance in our King James Bible, but it is also translated possession. Let's, let's look at that from the book of Numbers. Come to Numbers chapter 26. We'll see, we'll see it rendered this way in, in many different facets in this, in this very chapter. Chapter 26 and verse 56. According to the lot shall the possession, there's our same Hebrew word translated, uh, translated heritage in Psalm 127. According to the lot shall the possession thereof be divided between many and few. Speaking of how the land of Canaan would be split amongst the peoples of Israel. Come back to verse 53. We'll see it is also rendered inheritance. Unto these the land shall be divided for an inheritance. According to the number of the names, to many thou shalt give the more inheritance, and to few thou shalt give the less inheritance. To every one shall his inheritance be given according to those that were numbered of him. An inheritance is something that they possessed. It was a land for their possession. Now, you, it's the same word. There's no difference in how it's rendered heritage. It is, our children, low children, are a possession, are an inheritance, are an heritage of the Lord. They are the Lord's. They are the Lord's. And it is a gift from him. Same, same word found in Lamentation 5.2, uh, translated inheritance. But people are described this way. Come to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32. This is, this is our, same, our same word, Deuteronomy 32, 
and verse 9. The word of God reads this way. The Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. Same word. Jacob is a lot for his possession. They are, they are the Lord's. Israel is the Lord's people. Now, speaking in a, in a uh, uh, they are his covenant people in this, in this regard. They are the only ones involved in the Mosaic Covenant, not the, not the Amorites, not the Canaanites, and that's what this passage is talking about. They were a people for his possession. Same, same word, same word rendered in Psalm 127, heritage. Children are a possession, a heritage of the Lord. He gives them as a, as, as a reward, as a blessing. They are, it is the Lord who grants that conception. It is not man. It is not man who has, the, who, 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 gives, who has been given the ability to do those things. And that's revealed to us from the very beginning of the scriptures. We'll, we'll examine several passages that describe this very thing. Come to Genesis chapter 4. Our original earthly parents understood this truth. Genesis 4 and 25. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son, and called his name Seth. For God said, she hath appointed me another seed. Seth is, is a transliteration from Hebrew. It is not a translation, for the translation is appointed. Seth means appointed. Many Hebrew, all Hebrew names have a meaning behind them. Here Seth received his name because Eve knew who he came from. God hath appointed me another son, another seed, instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. She knew that Abel, or, or excuse me, that, that Seth came from the Lord. We continue, we continue on to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis 18, we see that, that Sarah understands, understands this. Genesis 18, and, or came to understand this, 18.10. And he said, I will certainly, this is the Lord God that appeared to Abram, walked on the, the plains of Mamre with Abraham. He said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Sarah and Abraham were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Now that's, that's a long way to say she is past bearing age. She's, she's 90 at this point in time. She is 90. She's well past the, the age of bearing children to the eyes of men. To the eyes of men. Therefore, because of that, because she's well stricken with age, she laughed within herself. She didn't laugh openly. She laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed or grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, Abraham, being old also? And, and the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? The Lord knew what she said, even though it was within her heart. Did not Jesus also knew what men said in their hearts. We know that this is the, the Lord Jesus walking with Abraham. Jesus even stated, Abraham saw my day and was glad. This is the, the Lord Jesus is walking with them. Uh, is anything too hard for the Lord? Nothing is too hard for the Lord. At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life. And Sarah shall, not potentially, not might, not I think, 
I believe, will, shall have a son. There was no option. The Lord would make it happen. The Lord would make it happen. She shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laughed. No, I didn't laugh. We can't hide anything from the Lord God. He knows. He knows. Saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. And, and he said, the Lord God, nay, but thou didn't laugh. You did laugh. I knew, I, I knew what you were thinking because you're old. I, I knew what you were thinking. Hebrews 11, 11. We, we won't turn there, but in your, in your spare time, turn there. You see this, this, this passage is referenced. Sarah believed God. By faith, she received strength to bear a child even when she was old. Even when she was well stricken in age, she received strength because she knew that God had made a promise and she believed that God would fulfill that promise. She knew that, that the Lord God would do everything that he said he would do. Come to chapter 21, chapter 21 and verse 1. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. The Lord God always does, as he says, always does what he has spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him in a year. It happened. Drop down to, to verse 5. And Abraham was a hundred, and when his, son Isaac, when his son Isaac was born unto him. Very, can you imagine having a newborn at a hundred? Sarah is 90 or 91 at this point in time. But that's the blessing of God. He, he had had no seed with Sarah, though the Lord promised it would happen. Here, the Lord God fulfills that promise. He grants conception and not they themselves. They did not have the strength to do so. But the Lord God, nothing is impossible with him. Come to Genesis chapter 30, where Jacob understands the same truth. Jacob, in Genesis chapter 30, in verse 1, we, we read... The, the word of God states this. And when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said unto Jacob, Give me children or else I die. There are two wives to, to Jacob here. He, he has had children by, by Leah, her Rachel's sister. And Rachel has had no children. She desires, she, she wants to have children. And she says to Jacob, You give me children or else I'm going to die. Jacob doesn't have that power. He can't do it. It's not, it's not that he had withheld himself. He doesn't have the power to do it. Hence his response in anger. Rachel is, is no doubt upset and, and not thinking clearly. She, I no doubt, knows this truth. But when you're upset, many times, men included, don't think clearly. Here, Rachel gets rebuked by her husband. And Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel. And he said, am I in God's stead? I can't do what he can do. He is the one who has done that. Who hath withheld from thee the fruit of the womb? I can't do that. There's nothing Jacob can do. Why are you putting this ultimatum on me? There's nothing I can do to accomplish this task. And she said, Behold, my, ma my maid Bilhah, go in unto her, and she shall bear upon my knees, that I may have children by her. Many times we're our own worst enemies. No, no, no doubt, look at all of the, the uh, uh, ruckus that that caused in that family, the, the uh, trouble that that caused. We see, the, we, see his, uh, we see Abraham do the same thing with Hagar. 
and look at the, the destruction that that caused in that family. Men, men, men and we are our own worst enemies many times, and the, this case is no different. Come to 33 and, ver, and verse 5, we see Jacob again expound this truth. You remember the story of Jacob and Esau. They, they had, after Jacob had tricked his father Isaac, because, his, because Isaac was, was blind, and Jacob dressed himself up to feel like his brother Esau. He, Esau was a hairy man, so Jacob put goat's hair on his back so that whenever Isaac put his hand on him, he felt like Esau, and he received the blessing of the firstborn that Esau was supposed to receive. But the Lord God, we know his will was done because he said even before they were born, before they had done anything good or evil, that the elder Esau, the older twin, shall serve the younger, Jacob. Jacob received the blessing of the firstborn, and when, he, when Esau found out, he was angry. Jacob fled, fled for years, and he, he was very concerned about coming back, but, but the time came that he had to return because the, 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 the blessing of God of him taking that land, he had to return, and he was very concerned about how Esau was going to be. Esau had a great amount of forgiveness in his heart. No doubt he was angry for quite some time, but at the time that they met, Esau didn't care about the gifts that Jacob had sent before. He was happy to see his brother. Jacob here expounds the same truth. However, in verse, in verse 5, he lifted up his eyes and saw the woman, the women and the children and said, Who are those with thee? Esau said to Jacob, and he said, Jacob, the children which God hath graciously given thy servant. These are how Jacob describes his children. God hath graciously given those children unto Jacob. He, he considered them to be this text, our, our text, Psalm 127, had not been written. But he understood the truth that is, that is given to us therein. He understood that children are a gift from God. Come to first come to first Samuel. Hannah understood who it was that the Lord who who it was that gave conception. Hannah, first Samuel chapter one, and in verse five, but unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion. This is this is her husband, Elkanah, had given unto Hannah a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. It is the Lord who did that. And he did it for a purpose. So uh, drop down to verse 11. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but wilt give unto thine handmaid a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life and there shall no razor come upon his head. She makes a vow to the Lord. If you will give me a man child, I will give him to your service all the days of his life. Many times we're brought to an end, and we, and we make a vow. She honored that vow. If we make a vow with the Lord, we ought, we ought to honor that vow. He, he's going to keep track. He's going to keep track of that vow. And, and we don't want to be on the side of not keeping the vow that we made unto the Lord. She did end up keeping that vow. Drop down to verse 19. They rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Remembered, remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. 
Remember how Hebrew names have a meaning? So that's what Samuel means, literally, heard by God. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. We, we continue on to chapter 2 and verse 5. They that were full have hired themselves out to bread. They that were hungry were ceased. I'm sorry, this is not um, uh, the verse that I was looking for. Uh, it is, but it is the Lord that causes the barren to keep house. It is the Lord who gives uh, uh, unto the barren children. That's not, the, not the, the, the verse I was looking for. Either way, Sarah agno- or Hannah acknowledges that truth in her prayer. She acknowledges that it is the Lord God who gives, that, who gives children unto, un, uh, unto whom he desires. It is he that does all of those things. She's already acknowledged him in asking children from him. And he has remembered her, given that children, that child unto her. Come to the Psalms, Psalm 113. Psalm 113 gives us, uh, gives us a, a, similar, a similar truth. Psalm 113 and verse 9. He maketh the Lord God, from, from verse 1, Praise ye the Lord, praise, O ye the servants of the Lord, praise the name of the Lord. Verse 9, he maketh the barren woman, the woman who has no children, the woman who cannot have children, to keep house, to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. It is he who makes that happen. It is he who causes that to happen. Jeremiah was told this very specific truth about himself. Chapter 1 and verse 5, this is the Lord speaking to Jeremiah, before I formed thee in the belly. I knew thee. Who formed him in the belly? It wasn't his parents. It wasn't uh, just an act of nature that is just a, a cycle that happens. It was the Lord God who formed him in the belly. I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet, a prophet unto the nations. The Lord God formed him. The Lord God formed him just like he formed the rest of us in the belly. It is the Lord God who brings us into this world. And it is the Lord God who shuts wombs, as it is stated in a previous passage, Hosea 4.10. The Lord tells Israel, I will not multiply you by your whoredoms. They they were committing all, all manners of fornication. The Lord would not give children unto those acts. He will not he would not multiply them. He is the one who withheld children from those acts. The wicked deny this. The wicked deny this in every, at every turn. They do not want children to be gifts from God. They do not want children to be anything but something that, that we have brought into this world and that we get to choose what to do with. They are not that. We do not get to choose how, how they are raised, how they, how they, uh, what it is that their heads are filled with. The Lord God chooses and prescribes those things for us. They they deny even though it is exactly what it is that is taught in this psalm. Come back to our psalm. Verses 1 and 2. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Except the Lord build the house, even if you're building a house, if the Lord's not in it, it you may finish it, but the Lord's going to destroy it. It's not going to stand. 
It's not going to stand. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. The watchmen were those in a high tower that would, that would stay, they, they would have shifts. You, you remember seeing the, the first, the second, the third, the fourth watch? There were different watches. Uh, those watchmen would stay, would stay in the high tower looking out for armies that were coming to besiege the city. Does, those that are up in the fourth watch, the hardest time to stay awake. Late, late at night. Didn't matter if they were awake if the Lord's not going to keep the city. He can go to bed. It's not going to matter. It's not going to do any good for him to be awake if the Lord isn't going to keep that city from being besieged, isn't going to keep that city from being taken over. If the Lord's not in it, it doesn't matter because his will is done, not ours. His will is done in the, ar- in the armies of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say to him, what doest thou? What are you doing? We, we discussed that this morning in Sunday school. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Anybody experience insomnia? I'm, I'm, I'm getting old enough that I've experienced insomnia a time or two. And it is not enjoyable. No matter how hard you try, you cannot force yourself to go to sleep. Oh, but I can medicate myself. Yeah, but we've, we've noted, even, even science agrees with the Bible here, that's not sleep. Even when you medicate, you don't, you don't enter REM sleep, they've, they've noted. It's not the same thing. God is the one who gives sleep. No matter how hard you clench your teeth and flex your fists, no matter how hard you try. You cannot make yourself fall asleep. The Lord God gives his beloved sleep. When you're, when you're uh, experiencing insomnia, it's vain to rise up early to sit up late. You can't go to sleep. You wake up in the middle of the night and you can't go back to sleep. You wake up early in the morning and you can't go back to sleep to eat the bread of sorrows. Oh, it's, it's, it's a bad taste. It's a bad taste to not be able to sleep. The Lord God gives sleep. We can't make ourselves do it. It's the same context, verses 3 through 5. Verse, verse 3, verses 4 and 5, given, given admonition, which we'll get to. Verse 3, Lo, children are a possession, a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Same, these are not unrelated. The, the Lord God is not the author of confusion. It's all related. The Lord's not going to keep the city. If the Lord's not going to keep the city, it doesn't matter what you do. If the Lord doesn't give children, it doesn't matter what you do. Because these are all things that he does. He is the ultimate decider in these things, but the wicked don't want it to be that way. Come to Pharaoh. Come to Pharaoh, Exodus chapter 1. He didn't think of children as a gift from God. Exodus chapter 1 and verse 16. And he said, When ye do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. Pharaoh gave, gave an order to the Hebrew midwives. Kill the, kill the men. Kill the boys. Save the women alive. He was very concerned that the Hebrews were going to become more powerful than the Egyptians. So he desired that all their boys die so that they would not become more powerful than the Egyptians. But the midwives feared God. Notice civil disobedience. They feared God, not men, and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but save the men children alive. 
They didn't do that what that wicked what that wicked king desired. And the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, Why have you done this thing, and have saved the men children alive? Before we read the next verse, not everyone deserves the truth. Not everyone deserves the truth. Verse 19, And the midwives said unto Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are lively, they are they're stronger than the Egyptian women, for they are lively and delivered ere the midwives come in unto them. They were already done with the birthing process before we could even get there. That was most likely not a truthful statement. But Pharaoh did not deserve the truth. Pharaoh didn't deserve the truth. Therefore, because, because they feared God and not men, God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. They grew very mighty, and it came to pass, because the midwives feared God, that he made them houses. He, cre- he gave them families. He blessed them greatly because they feared God and not men. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save alive. Ye shall, ye shall save alive, yes. Same thing, he wanted the men children to die. Now he just he gave, he gave them a little time period with them where they could go throw them in the river. Non, utter, utter nonsense, thinking that children are just something we can choose to do whatever we desire with. Murders, murderers are to be put to death, and that's not a Mosaic law. That, that's something that was codified in the Mosaic covenant, spoken all the way back in Genesis 9-6. If man's blood is shed by man, then by man shall his blood be shed. Pharaoh should have died, and he did die. He did die. He desired for the Hebrew boys to be tossed in the river, to be drowned. How did he die? He drowned. The snare that he desired on God's people was brought upon his own head. Remember that. It's everywhere throughout the scriptures. It's brought up. What he desired to catch people in is what was put on his own head. Come to Jeremiah. We saw in, we saw in Jeremiah that, that he tells Jeremiah that uh, he, he formed him in the belly. You know what, what Jeremiah chapter 2, you know what we call abortion today? It's not actually abortion, it's murder. It's not new. It's not new. Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 34. Also, in thy skirts is found the blood of the souls of the poor innocents. I have not found it by secret search, but upon all these. The blood of the poor innocents. There's only one, you and I are, I'm most certainly not considered innocent. These are children, small children, that had been, that had been murdered. And he didn't have to find, he didn't have to search diligently. Why? Because it was out in the open. They knew it was happening. They probably even boasted about it. That's the same exact thing that goes on in our day. It's no different. Man has not changed. The only reason God hasn't destroyed the earth by by water again is because he promised not to. We deserve it. There's no reason why he wouldn't have done it, but because he promised not to. He's going to destroy it by fire the next time. Verse 35, Yet thou sayest, because I'm innocent. Oh, it's not really. It's not really murder. They're just a clump of cells. Nonsense. And they know, they know it's nonsense because science agrees with the Bible here. They're, they're a person from conception. Amen. 
Surely his anger shall turn from me. Behold, I will plead with thee, because thou sayest, I have not sinned. God's saying, and this plead isn't, oh, turn, oh, turn. No, it's a conviction. You have sinned. And they knew it, but they said, oh, I haven't. I haven't. His, his anger is going to turn from me. I'm innocent. They're not. They're not. They're not then, and they aren't now. Ezekiel 16, chapter 16, turn there. We'll see again what the, what the wicked think of children. Ezekiel 16 and, and verse 20. Moreover, thou hast taken thy sons and thy daughters, whom thou hast borne unto me, and these hast thou sacrificed unto them to be devoured. Is this of thy whoredoms a small matter? It is not a small matter. That thou hast slain my children? This is the Lord God speaking. These are his, he states, that they are his children. And delivered them to cause them to pass through the fire for them? They sacrificed their children. They, they had to pass through the fire. And they were told not to do that. Explicitly not to have their children pass through the fire. Yet, for the benefit of the adults, they sacrificed their children. They, the, the adults thought, if I sacrifice my child to this pagan god, it'll be well with us. That's what they think today. If I just get rid of this child, it'll be well with me. My life will be better. A horrible way of thinking that has been around since, the, since, the, since these days and long before them. Long before them. We see, you see in, in I believe it's Leviticus 18... And Deuteronomy 19, I can't remember the specific parallel passage in Deuteronomy, that because they did these things, they murdered children was one of them, did God take them out of the land? Because they did those things, because they did the things that God had stated all the way back in Genesis that they were to not do, that men were to not do, God took them out of that land and gave it unto Israel. They knew they knew. A witness had gone out. We, we looked at it last week. A witness has gone out to all the world. There's a creation. Therefore, there must be a creator. Every house is builded by some man, but the builder of all things is God. Hebrews 3 and verse 4. Herod, Matthew, in Matthew chapter 2, for, for time's sake, we'll just remember what went on there. He did not, he did not want a king in Israel other than himself. So he killed every child under two. He didn't think of children as a gift from God. Today, many don't think as children from a gift, as a gift from God. That, but that they are. That they very much so are. Uh, Ruth was another, you read in Ruth chapter 4. I don't have that in my notes. I think it's 4.13. That the Lord God gave her conception. She is, she's another example of, of it specifically being stated in the word of God that children, whether, whether begotten or whether adopted, which by the way, adoption, we're adopted. We're adopted. It is, it is a very Christian concept to adopt children. And it is a, it is a great thing for us to, to have children that, that uh, have been adopted out of, out of situations and have, have had their lives bettered by the Lord God. But since children are the Lord's, what are we supposed to do with them? 
Because he has given us prescription on what to do with the children that he has given us. Come back, to, come back to Genesis. We see his first command regarding children. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28. And God blessed them, Adam and Eve, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Replenish the earth. Have children. Now, he's not, re is not a, not a prefix here. There's not a word plenish. There was not people on the earth before this. Replenish, fill to the full. Replenish the earth. Have children is the prescription. That, that has never changed. God's people, even when they were in exile, which is, are we not in exile? They were told to have children. They were told to have children. It is not, it, it, now is not a time to not have children. It, it, is, it is always, the, the Lord God, when he gives them, will always give what is needed for them. Genesis 18 and 19, we, or Genesis 18, 19, we looked at Abraham previously. Here he is an example unto us. Genesis 18, 19, this is the Lord God speaking to Abraham. For I know him. That is, a, that is, the Lord knows Abraham, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. A good father who instructed in the ways of God. He didn't have the New Testament admonitions that we have that we'll examine, but he knew what to do. He knew he was led by the Spirit of God. He knew that he was supposed to raise his children in the ways of God. We continue to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 9. Now, while these are written specifically to Israel, which we are not, Romans 15.4 tells us whatsoever was written aforetime was written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. It takes time to learn what the scriptures teach especially things that aren't written specifically to us, but they were given in principle. And they, they are written as an admonition, as, a, as, a, as an exhortation for us to learn from. Here in Deuteronomy chapter 4, it is no different. 4 and verse 9, Only take heed to thyself, and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. So here, Parents, remember everything you've been taught. They've just gone through the wilderness. Uh, These are the the generation that will enter into the promised land. Remember everything you've seen. Remember all that the Lord has done for you. Don't let it depart from you. But teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. Teach it to your children and to your grandchildren. Especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and, they, and that they may teach their children. We teach. We teach our children. We're exhorted to teach our children. Come to chapter 6. Chapter 6 and, and verse 1. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments, which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that you might do them in the land whither you go to possess it, 
that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. When we follow the word of God, our days are prolonged. Let that, let that sink in. Because those, those that walk in the ways of the world, their days are not. Their days are, they, the Proverbs say, the wicked man won't live out half his days. Now the Lord God takes him exactly, exactly, the Lord takes everybody out of this earth exactly when he planned to take them out of this earth. But to us, it won't appear as if they live out, lived out half their days. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that, that floweth with milk and honey. Drop down to, to verse 6. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. All the time. In other words, keep them, you remember them, you hide them, hide, hide God's word in your heart that you might not sin against him. You do all of you, you're exhorted to do all these things for yourself, but also teach your children, teach them to your children, show them the goodness of the Lord, show them what he has done all the time. When, when you sit down in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up, that's all the time. All the time. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand and as, and as frontlets between thine eyes and shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. Let them know it like the back of your hand. Remember it. Keep it in your head. Keep it in the front of your mind. That's where, that's where we do most of our thinking. We have a frontal cortex of which the beasts of the field don't. Keep them... I, I, always in the forefront of your mind and write them on the posts of thy house and on thy gates. They didn't have pictures and decorations that we do today. Let it be what's, what's hung in your house. Let it be what's discussed. Let it be what is uh, how you decorate your house with these things. All over the place, the Lord exhorted his people to, to discuss that in their families. It is repeated again in chapter 11 and 19, and it is a great admonition for us you see many promises made to God's people not just God's people but also their children their children have many promises also now it is it is a it is a typical thing it is not always it is not always these promises were made to Israel and their children but we are given them as admonitions it is not an always type of promise for us. It is, it is many times. We see whole families saved many times in the New Testament. You see, the, the, uh, you see Rahab in the Old Testament. All of her family was saved, was, was taken out of Jericho. They were not destroyed. She, she finds her place in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11, and all of her family. You see uh, uh, the jailer and his family, they were all saved. You see, um, uh, who's the woman of Thyatira, the seller of the seller of purple, um, Lydia. Her her family, all of her house. They were they were saved and, and baptized and all, all all of those things. Many promises and many uh, examples 
of children being saved. Samuel being one, Jeremiah, John the Baptist, who was filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. Many... Twenty-eight and verse six: Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children, and peace upon Israel. He that feareth the Lord, verse one, and that walketh in His ways, seeing children, seeing grandchildren, is a blessing from God. Come to Psalm uh, one forty-four. This is the Psalm of David that I made reference to. A Psalm of David: Blessed be the Lord, my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. Drop down to, to verse 11. Rid me and deliver me from the hand of strange children, whose mouth, whose mouth speaketh vanity, and their right hand is the right hand of falsehood. Get, get those people out of my life. Not just for my sake, though that's understood. Look at, look at the next verse. That our sons may be as plants grown up. Uh, as as uh, grown up in their youth, and our daughters may be as cornerstones, polished after the similitude of a palace. For the blessings of my children, Lord, get those people out of my life, that my children may be blessed by that. Happy is that people, verse 15, that is in such a case, yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord, and not, and not some, other, some other thing that's created by man, whether by their hands or by their mind. Proverbs 22, train up your child in the way they should go, that when they're old, they won't leave it. Come to, come to uh, Ephesians chapter 6. We'll, we'll jump to the New Testament. Many passages speak very much in this way, but for time's sake, we won't look at all of them. Ephesians 6 and verse 2, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise given to children. Earth. That is the promise given to those who honor their father and their mother, which is the first commandment with promise, as it states here. The, only, the first commandment in the Ten Commandments that offers a blessing with it. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. While there's a blessing in following that, it's not specifically stated. Honor your father and your mother that uh, you may live long on the earth. That's the, a specific blessing promised to those that will do that. 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 5, we're given another uh, exhortation. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 14, I will therefore that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. They're ex exhorted to bear children, exhorted to have children. It is a good thing to have children. It is not, not a bad thing at all. Titus, Titus 2 and verse 4, that they, this is the aged women from verse 3, the aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the younger women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children. We have to, we have to be taught that, do we not? Many, we, learn, we learn to do that. 
Our children, we love them from the, from the second they enter into this world, but there are times that they make it difficult. I know I was one of them. We have to be, we have to be taught that. We have to be reminded. That's why we're given that reminder, that exhortation, love your children. We are, just as, as God loves us, we don't always obey what, what he has given us, yet he loves us unconditionally. We are to love our children in the same manner. He chastens us, Hebrews chapter 12. He chastens us, and scour- the Lord chastens and scourges every son whom, which he receiveth. But yet he still loves us. He doesn't do it hatefully. He does it out of, out of our, he does it for our good. So even when we're disciplining and correcting our children, we do it out of, out of a place of love and endearment, just as the Lord God does for us. He does, and he does chasten. We've, we've all experienced that, that, that Hebrews 12 talks about the experience we, we all have. Because if we don't have it, then we're not, then we're not children of God. We're, we're illegitimate. There's a, there's a word there that, that is not commonly used in, or is commonly used in our day. It has become a curse word because men like to twist the scriptures and make them bad. Make them, make them they, just as we saw in Psalm 2. But why discuss this? Very quickly, why, why discuss all of this? Why discuss that children are, are a possession of the Lord and that we don't get to do what we, anything we feel like with them? That we have a prescription on what to do with them? It is because our world hates children. They hate them. The, notice everything that our society pushes. All, all the agendas that they have. All of the behaviors that they push. Do not produce children. All, all, the, all the sodomites, all the, all the LGBTQs and all that. Notice no children come from, come from those unions. They're mirages. They're not marriages. They, they're, no children comes from those unions. And it is because it was not God's design. It was not God's, uh, not God's will that anything should be produced no fruit comes from, comes from those things. And it's in our schools, as, you, as I'm sure you have seen. It's in, it's in our schools everywhere. And no man is above his teacher. Luke 6.40, the Lord Jesus said that. The teacher will make them, will, will form their disciples just as they are. We need to remember that. We need, to re- we need to remember that. And oh, but, but they seem so nice. They wouldn't, they wouldn't do that to my children. The devil can transform into an angel of light. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 11, 14. So don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. These things are not fruitful. They are bad. This world does not like children. They hate children. So, but we come back to our text. I'll close, I'll close quickly. I know, we're, I know we're past time. Back to verse 4 in Psalm 127. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. What, do you, what does a mighty man do with arrows? He draws, he draws the arrow, he points, them where it ought to, he points the arrow where it ought to go, and he lets them go. So are our children. We draw them. We form their minds biblically. That's what, we ought to, that's what we ought to be doing, ought to be our focus with them. We can't make them know the Lord, but we can, we can give them all the truths that we can. Fill their mind with the scriptures. 
cause them to see to to uh, see that there is a Lord God above this world. That Joe Biden is not Lord. That China is not Lord. That man, no man is Lord, except the man, the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is Lord. We can, we can point those things out. We cannot make them, we can't force them to, to trust in the Lord God for their salvation and, and all of those things. But we can point out the facts of the matter. We can teach them those things just as, and point them in the right direction, just as the mighty man does with an arrow. And when, when you let them go, because there's going to be a time that they're not under your household anymore, that they go in the direction that you pointed them in. We labor in hope. The Lord God is the one who makes it effectual. We labor, we labor in hope. Verse 5, happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Happy or blessed is the man who has lots of children. Here, it even points out that having lots of children, having your quiver full of children, is a blessing from God. Is a blessing from God. Notice what the children do. They are not ashamed. Him that, that sees his children in this manner. His children aren't ashamed. He's not ashamed, most certainly. That's understood. But his children aren't ashamed either. But they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. You, wouldn't, you didn't have just any general infantrymen speak with the enemies in the gate. You had, a, you had somebody of higher standing. Maybe somebody of, of, of noble. We are, we are kings, are we not? Somebody of noble birth speak with the enemies in the gate. The, those, uh, they would not just be general infantrymen. They would be somebody of standing. That is a blessing to our children that has been promised by God. Let us, let us heed that promise. Let us heed the exhortations that are found therein. And let our children, let us not think of our children as a burden. They can be difficult. I know I was. I know I was, a, I know I was difficult to my parents. And I ought not to have been. But let us not think of our children as a burden, as this world does. They are a gift from God. This world doesn't understand that, and we have the capacity to fall into that trap. Let us not think like the world does. Let us think biblically. Let us think about our children, how the Lord God thinks of our children. He loves them. They hate children. The Lord God does not. Let us love our children as the Lord God loves children, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Let us bow before him. Our Father and our God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how it instructs.